0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Bottled Up Podcast, where I question why I repeatedly begin saying, ladies and gentlemen, out of nowhere. I've started saying it at work over at Stafford Motor Speedway on the Snapchat story. I say it here. I don't know why it's happening, but it's happening. It's a thing. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Bottled Up Podcast. It is a beautiful 11.56pm on June 28, 2019, and I've gotten into the habit of saying the date I record this, just so you all know that we're up to date, and this episode is going to be out by 1am, the usual time, I post these at 1am Saturday morning, every week for you guys, and I gotta say, uh, I want to say at the beginning how appreciative I am of all of you, I want to say it at the beginning today, not the end as I usually do, but boy oh boy, what a truck race it was. And sadly, I did not, I will be completely honest, I did not get to watch it. And I was so excited uh, for Anthony, Anthony Alfredo. He won second and third practice. He was sixth in qualifying. He had a great, great weekend thus far. And I truly, genuinely do believe he will win by the end of this season. If, if he doesn't win this season, then by next season for sure. And we're going to do something special once he does win a race, that I can assure you. I'm not going to give away any details yet, but first and foremost, as it's sort of becoming a tradition, we're going to cover the latest weekend here at Stafford Motor Speedway, and it was a great Friday night, and if you've never been to Stafford Motor Speedway and you're within driving distance, please go. Honestly speaking, it is some of the best racing. I've seen races all over the country, all over New England. I've been to New Hampshire. I've watched Modified Racing up there. I've been to Pocono, Watkins Glen, um, a lot of different tracks. Indianapolis, I go to. I'm credentialed this year for Indianapolis, Watkins Glen, Pocono, and New Hampshire. I'm going to be doing a three week stint there from Pocono to New Hampshire. F- yeah, from Pocono to New Hampshire to Watkins Glen. Three weekends in a row, three races in a row. It's going to be. A lot on my plate, but it's going to be the greatest three weekends for this podcast and many weekends to come after. I'm going to post, I my goal is to get 12 interviews over those three weekends that I can use on the podcast and have as separate episodes. Because uh it feels like we don't get enough interviews now all of a sudden because it's the summer and I'm not going to races and this, that, and the other. But I've been to all those tracks. I've done... ...interviews at all those tracks, and I'm credentialed there and everything else, the best racing, the most hard-fought, energetic, edge-of-your-seat crowd is standing and cheering and pounding their feet on the stands racing that I've ever seen is at Stafford Motor Speedway. If you're within driving distance, do yourself a favor and go and see a race there. I am fortunate, blessed, lucky enough... To be one of the pit road reporters, and I'm one of the voices of Stafford Motor Speedway, and that absolutely blows my mind. And maybe some of you people listening uh, are coming over from the Stafford Speedway Snapchat story. Uh, Add the Stafford Speedway Snapchat story at Stafford Speedway, S P E E D W Y, it's spelled differently. Add it there. I take over the Snapchat pretty much every Friday for a couple hours. It's a great time. But you're not here listening to this podcast to hear about Snapchat. You're here to listen to me talk about racing. And the best racing I've seen in New England is by far the SK Mods at Stafford Motor Speedway. It was the SK 5K tonight, 100 laps, 50 miles, 100 laps around Stafford Motor Speedway And for the winner, got $5,000 with the chance to earn another $5,400, give or take a little bit. Um, They didn't give a definitive number of how much, but. Ronnie Williams, in the number 50 car, went three for three in the past three races that he's run at Stafford Motor Speedway to bring home the money, $5,000 richer that man is, except kind of not really, because over the past week, the past seven, eight days, he hasn't won $5,000. He's won about $20,000. He won $5,000 over at Seekonk, $5,000 tonight at Stafford, and $10,000 at New Hampshire Motor Speedway for winning the race there. Unbelievable driver in the SK Mod Series and just absolutely killing it. A last lap pass on the number 88 of Keith Rocco. He dove it hard into turn three after racing side by side with him for a couple laps. He pushed Rocco all the way out to the wall. Not into it, but pushed him right to the wall. And that gave him enough of a run off the corner to give him the win in the closest finish of the year so far. I was there calling the action from Fit Road. It was so cool to work alongside a guy named Kyle Ricky, and that name might be familiar because if you listen to MRN, then you know him, so I got to work side by side with an MRN reporter, very nice guy, helped me out a lot, to, you know, helping me do better, and with my live announcing and everything else, just a really cool experience overall, but that's just me personally, but the racing there tonight was so good, it was, anytime you have a lap, last lap pass, For the win for five thousand dollars, and the crowd is standing and cheering, and they're into it, and the stands are packed. You know it's worth it. So a a huge shout out to Stafford Motors Speedway for the show that they put on every single week. The Root family for not only giving me a chance to be an announcer there for them, but putting on the show that they do for all the local New Englanders that that go to the race every week. But the bigger story of the night, the more nationally known story, is Brett Moffat in an unsponsored truck, went out and won the race at Chicagoland, Joliet, Illinois, goes out, no sponsors on the truck, wins the race. How crazy is that? His second win of the year, and it's just a completely blank white truck, to send a message. This team needs sponsors, this team is good. Come help us out here, and we can win more races, win some championships, and do great things. And you can't really beat that. You cannot beat an unsponsored team going out, crushing the field, crushing the powerhouses. Thor Sport, um, Kyle Busch Motorsports, DGR Crossley, all those teams looked silly compared to an unsponsored team. So, huge congratulations goes to Brett Moffat. Again, I didn't get a chance to watch the race, which absolutely stinks because it overlaps with Stafford's Racing. But it was some it was some great racing going on there. Another big story was Sonoma. That was a really, really awesome race. And a lot of people were bored by it. And I understand that because there were no cautions aside from the stage cautions. And that's a whole other discussion to have on whether there should be stage cautions during road course races. Because it sort of sets the strategy. And you can't really play from it from there aside from whether you pit before the end of the stage or you don't. But... It was some great racing there. The carousel added a whole new element, that huge elevation change where they go up and then they come back down while turning and everything else. I was amazed that there weren't any wrecks there going down the carousel, someone getting tight, you know, getting on the inside there towards the uh, sandy side on the hill. Nobody getting loose on the outside in the marbles on the right side there of the track of the carousel, I was amazed there weren't any wrecks there, or in that hairpin after the carousel, where they got down to, I think it was like 45 miles an hour, um, just really go from the fastest part, of the, one of the fastest parts of the track to one of the slowest, and you do that twice, I was surprised there weren't more brakes overheating, I was surprised by a lot of things in that race, I thought we were going to see a very different race than the one we got, but I'm not I'm. I'm not saying that's a bad thing that we didn't get what we expected. I was very, very pleasantly surprised by NASCAR the show that they put on there at Sonoma, and Martin Truex Jr. coming away with a win. Hey, can you blame the guy? He was really, really good. All right, and I think one of the biggest stories that was overshadowed was Ryan Blaney finishing third place. He did really well. He won the Roval last year. I can't say he can do much better than that. He was running third there before Truex and Jimmy Johnson got together at the uh, end of the last chicane there, but he ended up winning the Roval, and now he finished his third place at Sonoma on the brand-new layout. That was an awesome run, but he got way overshadowed by none other than the 95 of Matt Benedetto, and that's a guy who's, I would argue, fighting for his ride for next year. He's got a one-year contract that he's surviving through this year, and there's uh, there's a couple guys that are competing for that seat with him that might get it based on popularity alone. Not to say that Matt DeVandetto wasn't popular, but when you couple popularity with success, like, oh, I don't know, uh, Christopher Bell, who just got signed for another year at JGR, who's aligned with the 95 team of Levine Racing, hmm, it kind of makes sense. And if I'm Matt DiBanedetto, I'm a bit worried right now, truth be told. And right or wrong on what that is, you know, whether Matt DiVandetto should lose the seat or anything else, that's a completely different conversation. But if I'm Matt Devandetto, I'm a bit worried because I I think Christopher Bell very well could come up and take that spot. It's not set in stone. I'm not saying I have any sort of insider information. I don't. But that seems to be the most logical thing that could happen. If Christopher Bell races in the Cup next year, it's going to be in the 95, and Matt Devandetto is going to get the boot. He's fighting for that seat, and whether he's going to admit it or not, whether you know someone from Levon Family Racing is going to admit it or not, I don't know. I doubt it, but he, I think he's fighting for that seat, and I think he knows it. And Christopher Bell knows it because if he goes out and he kills it in Xfinity, well, he's going to get, he's going to want to. Uh, Excuse me. Joe Gibbs Racing is going to want to put him up in the cup, and that's the only place they can do it unless they give Eric Jones the boot, which I don't really see happening. He hasn't lived up to the expectations. Eric Jones hasn't lived up to the expectations, despite a win last year, July Daytona race. He hasn't really been stellar, and he's he's further back in points. I believe he's somewhere between 14th and 18th, and in that equipment he should be doing better. His team one of his teammates is dominating and part of that is because Kyle it's Kyle Bush, you know, it's hard to kinda of beat him. But also he's in really good equipment and you can't argue that. Joe Gibbs Racing is one of the best teams out there. Denny Hamlin's in good equipment, just like Kyle Bush is, just like Eric Jones is. And is he taking full advantage of those opportunities? Not really. Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Busch are absolutely killing it this year in the same equipment that Eric Jones is in. Their cars might not be as good, but compared to the rest of the field, they are still in really good equipment, and they should be doing better than they are, I think. However, I don't think he's going to get the boot quite yet. I think Eric Jones still has time to prosper. I think he's got a chance to do better, and I think he's going to get that chance to do better, I I meant to say. But all of this is a whole bunch of speculation. We don't know. And the media's job is to sort of dig and try and find out. But you can't really find out this information unless you got someone on the inside who's willing to spill the beans. And that has to be someone that knows themselves. Quite truthfully, I don't think the teams know quite yet. I don't think Levine Family Racing knows whether or not DeVan is going to be around next year. They're going to want to see it ride out. If JGR says Bell is going to the cup, then, you know, Bell's going to the Cup it's not the 95 team's choice at that point what JGR says goes for that team because they're a satellite team of it however I don't know if JGR even knows what they're going to do with Bell next year I think they're going to wait and watch and see how he does next year because he was absolutely killing it last year and this year hasn't been as strong a year it's been a great year for him and compared to a lot of other drivers he's still doing really good but it hasn't been Christopher Bell Dominance, like we saw last year, and whether that's from just I, something going wrong, new equipment going on. One of the JGR rides is pretty much a pain, pain drive. You know, Dale, uh, not Dale, excuse me. Jeffrey Earnhardt is taking that position, and he's doing really, really well in that eighty-two. Do not get me wrong. I think Jeff Jeffrey Earnhardt is great for having that opportunity. I canine is. Definitely stepping up and helping him out a ton. And where that company came from, where they go, I have no idea. But they're helping out Jeffrey Earnhardt, Haley Deegan. It seems like the drivers they get behind are the ones that are popular based on their names or what's setting them apart from the field. Haley Deegan is popular because she's a girl and she is good. And she has the potential to be better than Danica just like Natalie Decker, has the potential to be better than Danica. That's why she gets the attention. And Jeffrey Earnhardt, heck, he's carrying the Earnhardt name. A fourth-generation racer, I want to say? One, two, three. Fourth-generation racer Jeffrey Earnhardt is. He's carrying the last name of Earnhardt, and that sets him apart from the field. And that doesn't mean he's not a good driver. He absolutely is. To go out and race as well as he has in that equipment... Absolutely, he is a good driver, and you cannot take that away from him. Please do not misinterpret what I'm saying as, as trashing on Jeffrey Earnhardt. He was one of my first guests on the show. Great guy to talk to. I talked to him back when he was still racing for Starcom, back at the beginning of the 2018 season when he was their driver for the Daytona 500. But he's going more expandy racing now in better equipment. And that's another thing that drivers have to consider, is racing at the back... You know, for 30th in the Cup Series, better than racing for the win in Xfinity? I don't know. That's that's a driver's personal choice. Because if you go out and win in Xfinity, you got about a third of the people watching as you do in Cup. But nobody watches 30th place. You get maybe a tenth of the people watching it. But you're still racing in the Cup Series. You have to consider it, and there's no easy right answer as to which series is the best at any given time for a driver it's sort of you sh- take your shot you shoot your shot and you hope you made the right one and that's what Ross Chassain did he made his shot and he said I'm gonna go for Xfinity series points and that didn't really work out for him he said I'm doing much better in the truck series I'm gonna go for those points and he went out he won at Iowa kind of not really Got that win revoked, and then went out and won the next week at Gateway. Not Gateway, NTT Motorsports Park. But he had an absolutely incredible run. He actually, I, I want to throw this in as a side fact, Natalie Decker outqualified Ross Chastain. And that's not a dig at either driver. I just thought that was interesting because if you look at truck series drivers, the probably the most hated is, up there is definitely Natalie Decker. And that's a whole other conversation on whether or not that's right or wrong. Personally, I think she was brought up just way too fast. And talking to other people that are involved with the sport, it seems like she was just brought up way too fast. And I don't blame her. I, you know, if I were driving in the Arca series, I'd want to get in the truck as soon as I could. I think she needed another year. And it would have been great for her if she got it, but she didn't. I still do believe she's going to improve. I think she's going to be running for top tens coming soon enough. I know she spins out a lot. Everyone sees it, and I'm not going to sit here and say it doesn't happen. And it it does. It's a fact of life that Natalie Decker, Natalie Recker, as a lot of people call her, spins out a lot. But she's learning, and she's doing she's doing a whole lot better than I ever could in the truck. And let me tell you that much. But I my advice would be give her time, let her get her groove, because think about her first race, lap two. Her tire blew up. She takes it to pit road, and fire comes around the A-post. It's in her cockpit. Gosh, that must have been... Can you imagine that? You're driving in your car. You're driving the nerves of being in the biggest race of the year for the trucks. And you're out on lap two. You're dealing with the frustration of that, the infuriation of you're out of the race, and it's just started. And all of a sudden, there's a fire in your face. Yeah, it would be a little hard for me to strap into the truck next week. Props to her for doing it and for doing it a bunch of weeks since then. So long story short, try not to hate on Natalie Decker so much. And that's not for any other reason other than she can she needs to do better. Absolutely. I'm not justifying that she you know, she hasn't been running well. I can't justify that. But she is a good driver. You have to give her that. You have to acknowledge it. That she's a good driver. She was brought up too quickly. Let her find her groove. I'm sure it's gonna happen. My bold prediction for tonight, Natalie Decker will get a top... I think she'll get a top five finish by the end of this season. I think within three years, she will win a race. I truly do believe that. So we'll see. And that's one of my longer predictions, is that three years from now, Natalie Decker will win a race. We'll see. And I realize this episode has been a bit all over the place. You're getting a lot of jumbled thoughts thrown in here. But if you want, I guess what this podcast is is a look into the mind of someone who's followed NASCAR for years, and it's it's on their mind a lot, and they're looking to make a career in it. And when you've got a guy who's been... I've just finished announcing five different races. I was on Fan Choice TV. There's a link on Twitter, on my Twitter app, Bottled Up Radio, to the races that all went on at Saturday nights. It's like four hours long. Uh, you don't have to sit and watch the whole thing. But you can if you want. I believe the heat races are included in there as well. But it was just some incredible, incredible racing, and the fact that I I was on Fansource TV, my live audio feed, raw audio feed was on Fan Story TV, that was really cool to me, and so you can go and watch it there. So it, but my point is, it's been a crazy night. I've been doing a lot of work. Um, it was it was really. It takes a lot out of me to do it and not in a bad way. Just it, I use all my energy trying to announce and be the best that I can there. So what you're getting here tonight with this episode is the jumbled thoughts of a NASCAR reporter slash announcer slash podcast or whatever you want to call me. You can call me whatever you want as long as it's not late for dinner. <laughs> and that's that's what you get. And these episodes don't come all the time. They're on occasion it's I like to keep a different rotation going on. But this one is just sort of sit down, talk myself through twenty minutes of my thoughts, and justify it on what's going on in the sport, where things could be better, what could be worse. What what disappoints me the most in NASCAR is low attendance in the stands. Those stands are empty, they're ripping out seats. But what I really enjoy is the fact that fans can be so personal with the drivers. You can get down into the garage by means allowed by the track, you can get down, and NASCAR drivers are some of the most successful athletes in the world, and that's what I admire about the sport, and to be in the position that I'm in, where I get to bring NASCAR racing from Stafford, and get to say what's on my mind, and say what's going on, what I see down in the pits, is really, really cool for me, but, and that's what you're getting, so, Long story short, what you're getting tonight is a bunch of jumbled thoughts. I just sort of talked myself through 20 minutes or so of NASCAR and Stafford and everything else that's been going on. And if you like it, let me know on Twitter. If you don't like it, let me know on Twitter. Let me know what you guys like or don't like. And that's what's so great about social media, Twitter, Facebook, and everything else is the fan interaction. So tell me, tell me what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show. Do you want to hear more throwback episodes? I've got plenty more I can put up. Do you want to hear more interviews with drivers or more iRacing stuff? I don't know if that interests people, but. Let's get some interaction going on there. I'm always available to talk on Twitter. My DMs are open. Slide right on into them. Follow the Stafford Speedway Snapchat cause that's where I am on Friday afternoons. That's pretty much the only time anything's posted there. But I'm there. I love walking around the track, showing people what's going on. And if there's anything that you want to see done, let me know. I'm I'm great at getting things done with this show because I just absolutely love doing it. So... Let's let's get in touch, guys. We're gonna have more giveaways coming up in the future. We got a couple big weekends coming up. I I'm officially credentialed for Pocono, New Hampshire, Watkins Glen, and soon to be Indianapolis. I'm sure it's just they haven't opened the window yet for NASCAR credentials. It's only people that have hard cards, and a hard card is pretty much you can go to any race, and that's your your way in. You don't need a media credential per race. I haven't gotten one of those yet because I don't go to every race, and I'm just a small-time podcaster, but let me know what you guys, what's on your mind, because I sit here and you listen to what's on my mind all the time. However, 22 minutes in, I'm not going to ramble on much longer. This was a different kind of style of episode tonight. Let me know what you think about it, and thank you so much for listening into this week's episode of the Bottled Up Podcast.